We rob ourselves of so many experiences if we don't connect. And we rob other people of experiences if we don't connect. Because it is only through connecting that we truly expand. Welcome to Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice, and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant, and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire. Because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, former on-air entertainment host, and past professional fitness competitor and health coach. And several times per week, I'll be bringing you epic guest conversations and solo episodes along with the tools, tricks, and tips that you need in order to step into your power, own your purpose, and stand out in the world as the most vibrant version of you. Because I believe that the more you you are in the world, the more successful and fulfilled you will be. So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get amplified because blending in is bullshit. What's up everyone and welcome back to another episode of Amplify. Today I sit down with my dear friend, Melissa Dugalecki. Melissa is a regular person who has created irregular results. As a bereaved mother, she worked through the overwhelming pain of her grief and now hosts a globally top-ranked podcast, Grief and Guts, which is designed to show people what is possible for them, no matter what their circumstances. Her work's mission is to show people their possibility through entrepreneurship, as she coaches and consults on business strategy, bringing creative ideas, and always grounding into authenticity. Melissa has built her own six and seven figure businesses and has coached more than 1,000 others into their dream life. Melissa's entrepreneurial journey is both fascinating and full of surprises. Not only did she start amidst a painful grief journey, she was also $100,000 in debt at the time that she invested in her first business coach. As a former high school educator, her knowledge of business blended with her resilience and ability to teach others has been the perfect recipe for an incredibly unique and powerful path. In addition to building a business empire, Melissa recently signed a publishing contract with a New York Times bestselling author and publisher who has built several multi-million dollar companies, and she is currently working on her second book. In this episode, Melissa and I talk about so many things from masculinity and femininity when it comes to business, you know, the energetics of both healing from grief and trauma, emotional intelligence, and so much more. I think you will absolutely love this episode. All right. What is up, everybody? I'm so, so, so excited for our guest today, my dear, dear friend, soul sister, Melissa. Thank you for joining. This is going to be such a beautiful conversation. Like, I know it. So thank you for being here on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just so excited because every time we co-create something, it just it's never planned and it just like becomes something beautiful. So I can't wait. I know. And we'll get into like some of the history and how we met each other and all that kind of stuff in a moment. But first things first, some rapid fire. What okay. is, <laughs> what is something you're grateful for right now? Oh, my home. Mm. Yeah. Just feeling home. Yeah. And fun fact, she lives in Tulum, Mexico. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Oh, Burritos or charcuterie? 
Probably charcuterie boards. I mean, I have like a toxic relationship with them. I mean, toxic? I don't know, (laughs) but I can vouch for Melissa's charcuterie skills. They're on point, like charcuterie board setup skills. So yeah, it's a vibe. What is a random fact that most people would not know about you? I had open heart surgery when I was 13 years old. I actually didn't know that about you. I assumed because I've seen the scar, right? But like, I didn't know that. Like I figured, but I never had confirmation. Yeah. If you weren't doing what you do now, so life coaching, business coaching, like, yeah. And so fucking good at it. Like what's a job or career that's always sounded like really interesting, whether or not like you have any qualifications for it. You're like in an alternate universe, this has always sounded really cool. I love experiences in community. I would love to have like some really cool restaurant, like cafe that has like a daytime co-working element, brings in like different artists or different like experts from different areas, Mm. almost like an Epcot, you know, Disney World Epcot. Okay. I want it to be like very, like it just brings in, like you get to sample different types of cultures and different things and like live music. And then like, maybe like a cute little like bistro bar at night. Like I've always wanted that, but I can't dig in. That's a big commitment. Yeah. But that sounds so cool. I like it. Like almost like a co-work space with all these kinds of different experiences and things like that and experts and stuff in a sense. Yeah. More like a jazz bar feel that you can co-work at during the day. Okay. You know? Nice. I like it. What did you want to be when you were little? Marine biologist. Oh, fun. Any particular animal? Dolphins. Okay. Yes. I loved dolphins. Yes. Same. Any weird talents or special skills? Oh, I actually (laughs) really don't think so. Like I can barely snap. Oh, I mean, well, that's an anti-talent or skill. I know. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm trying to think of like, I have like a really like um, with numbers. I have like a weird photographic memory. Like I'll memorize license plates. Ooh. I can tell you like a lot of people's license plates, like a lot. That's so interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Last time that you cried. Oh, this morning. Yeah. I had a podcast interview literally right before this and I, I didn't like cry, but I definitely got a little misty while on that one. But yeah, like yesterday. Yeah. I love crying. Love it. Like, yeah. I guess I do love it. Cause I used to hate it. Hate it. It was like major weakness. Like no vulnerability is poison. Right crying is terrible, all this kind of stuff. And now like, I'm such a crier, not like big, long cries, even though you're like, excuse me, I have had Zooms with you where it's mostly been crying. I'm like, shut up. (laughs) But like, I don't even say anything. (laughs) No, no, I just, you're like, you threw yourself under the bus. (laughs) Yeah. But like, it is such a powerful energy mover for me. Like, yeah. And sometimes it's just like a quickie, just like a two second cry. I'm like, there it was. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Last time you laughed so hard, you almost peed your pants. Oh, probably like just last weekend in a conversation on Zoom with a friend. Like, good. Just one of those things that just randomly hit so hard. Like, yeah. Laughing about how kind of like ridiculous we are, you know? And like yeah. the ideas that we have and all of that. And then like dreaming of what could be and then the reality. And it was just like, you know, sometimes it's like not even that funny and you just like can't stop laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. What's your favorite meal? Oh, my favorite meal. Like, are you talking breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Choose your own adventure. Oh my goodness. It's so hard to pick. 
Okay, give me a couple. Break the rules. Give me a couple. Chili Killies for breakfast, hands down. Oh, oh all right. Boom. Breakfast nachos, in case anyone doesn't know, essentially, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> basically breakfast nachos, with like a fancy name. Yeah. And I would say for lunch, I mean, I love Mexican food. I live in Mexico. Probably like a shrimp burrito and Ooh, dinner. Yes. I mean, give me a good ribeye. Like, give me a all good right. ribeye. Like Girl. some potatoes. Yeah. I've only had a protein shake today. So like you're saying all this, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <I'm> so good. <laughs> I had a right before we got on this for the record. <laughs> oh, so good. Shrimp tacos, shrimp burritos. So fucking good. Okay. Where's the next place that you want to travel to? Not necessarily where you are going to travel, even though that may be it, but what, like what's on the, like the travel I'm feeling list. really called to Spain and Portugal. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I haven't done like Europe vibes in a while. I, so many people this summer, like in my world, especially because Europe opened back up after COVID and everything, so many people went to Europe. And I was like, I felt the Europe bug hard this summer. Didn't, it didn't get fulfilled, you know, but like, yeah, like I did Mexico a few times during COVID and stuff. And like, that's, but yeah, I'm feeling the Europe. Yeah. I mean, I've been in Mexico for two years. I was in Singapore and Peru is like my big travels before then. And those all have a very different vibe. Right. And so I did Europe a while ago, but I'm like, Oh, I think it's time to go back. Yeah. Nice. All right. Now that's all our rapid fire. Thank you very much. So let's actually talk about our, like how we came to know each other. Right. Cause so Melissa and I connected January, 2022, because Mm -hmm. I was coaching in a program that you were taking. And so I had the opportunity to coach you and like so much transformation, like all this kind of stuff. And fun fact, y'all, like Melissa has been my business coach. And like, when I say business, like it's a lot more than just business, let's be real, but all the business coaches and, you know, life coaches and stuff like that. We know this, like it's not all only just one thing ever. And so like, it's been so fun. Like one, I've just loved getting to know you and all of that and like be part of your journey and then have you be part of my, like all of that. And it's been so cool to like be on like both sides of that kind of relationship. Well, that's what I think. Like so many people think it's like a pedestal thing or this or that. And it's like, no, it's like zones of genius. It's co-creation. It's here's like what I've, you know, learned and what I can share value to you. And I'll invest in you in one way you invest in me. Like you invested a shit ton in me and my transformation, right? And like time and all of that and your wisdom and everything. And I think when we look at it, like it's a very antiquated way to think that somebody who is like coaching or mentoring or in that role, you can't just like kind of flop and dance. Yeah. I love what you said about that because I think there is something to be said, of course, about like having healthy boundaries with your clients and things like that, or like your Instagram following and everything. And like in this setting. So like Melissa did a program that, so Ascension Leadership Academies, like emotional intelligence leadership training program, which I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I went through that for myself in 2018. And then in 2022 decided to step in and coach two rounds with them. So with this, like Melissa didn't choose me, but I was one of the coaches in that program. And so we just happened to like connect in that way. And And so there's something too, because I think like I've had this before where it's like, oh, well, if someone chooses to be a client of yours, then you can't be friends with them anymore. Or like, you know, I've also had hesitation around like 
signing up for people's programs that I want to be friends with instead of like a client with, you know, and feeling Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, if I like want to be friends with this person, I can't like pay for their services because then I'm putting myself in a lower hierarchy than them. And if we want to be friends, we have to be on the same path, which is like my own, like, that's not true. Right. Like, and like how many of my friends have hired me, whether that's in coaching or in my PR agency, so many. And that's like the dream that I want is like, to hire my friends and pay my friends. So I'm like, yeah, I love what you said about that, like hierarchy thing. And would love to hear actually like some of your feelings yeah. on that. Cause I think there is an importance with like boundaries too. And yeah, I think, you know, it, it depends on the level of work somebody's done, right? Like if both parties can trust to maintain boundaries and know the difference between what role or what environment you're in, then it's a lot easier, right? Yeah. Now there are some people who I've worked with who has a coach or consultant, I've gotten to keep stronger boundaries because they hadn't maybe developed the tools yet to be able to discern and to know, right? The difference between like where the line was, what environment we're in. But I would say, I mean, it's just so funny. Like, you know, I was FaceTiming with a friend of mine today, former client. I was at lunch with, you know, a friend of mine today, current client. Like, it's just, I think the more work you do to be able to make it clear in how we kind of engage in different environments, the better. And it also depends on like the level of depth of what you're doing. I mean, look, I hire my friends to do anything that they do, whether it's catering, right? Like when my friends owns a restaurant, well, you better believe I'm, you're going to come be catering at my house because yeah. I want to give, want to build your vision, right? right? And I think it's so silly, like in the coaching space, sometimes how we put that, like that, well, if now they've become my client, then they can't be in the friend bucket anymore. When it's like, yeah, exactly. Like you just said, like, wait, if you have a restaurant and a catering business, like of course, I want to give you the money. Duh. Yes. Right. Yes. If you're better at this thing than me, and I see that you can support me and add value to what I'm doing, why wouldn't I pay for you? It like it doesn't have to like then end the friendship or end the possibility of a friendship, too. No, not at all. I mean, abundance mindset, right? It can grow it. It can expand it. It's like, oh yeah. wow, now we're expanding into this like other width or depth of our relationship and container, and we're going to witness each other in different ways. Like, how beautiful is that? Yeah, I love that. I would love to dive into how you got into entrepreneurship and running your own business and all of that. And yeah, because it started from like a lot of intensity, pain, grief, all of that. And I know this is a story that you've told a lot and it's really powerful. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, I also want to just honor and acknowledge you because when I went through my process as a student in the program, when you were coaching me, one of the things you really empowered me to do was to not worry about my story being too much, mm. right? And to not hold back. And I just, I'll never forget, like, you were just like, Melissa, let's go. Nope, let's go, you know? And that's something that really was life impacting. So, and now here we are. Yo, that was like almost exactly a year ago, actually. I know. Because it was like January 20th or something, I think the weekend of January 20th. Whoa, wild. That just gave me chills. <laughs> so full circle, here we are. I have been not only am I a, like a business coach or consultant, I've been in entrepreneurship for you know the last six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that I hated business growing up. I had this self-adopted narrative that you either cared about people or you cared about money and business. And it was like Mm -hmm. one or the other, black or white. And I cared about people. So where did that land me? I found myself in education as a teacher. 
And, you know, I've always had like a great work ethic and I worked in athletics as well. So I was a high school athletic director, which was a hugely sought after job. 300 people applied. I was like, this is my job. I'm going to retire from this. I'm making a good enough salary. I am going to have retirement benefits. This is it. Yeah. And universe intervenes. And my actual very first day of starting my dream job that I thought I was going to retire from, I found out that I was pregnant. And so now being like the youngest female in the state of Massachusetts in this huge role and pregnant, I was like, oh, talk about feeling like you're in approved energy. Yeah. Like I had to prove. So fast forward in 2014 and I had my daughter Layden and she was born with a heart condition and they said it was minor. Now mine wasn't repaired until I was 13. I was a college athlete. I've run like over 10 marathons. So it was very non-invasive and didn't impact me. Right. Mm-hmm. Layden's was anticipated to be the same. And she had her first heart repair and that was the first of what ended up being four major surgeries. So that two weeks stay in the hospital turned into 99 nights. Now she lived for four months. So almost all but three weeks, we were basically living in the hospital. And it was up and down roller coaster. It was like, okay, you're going home. Oh my gosh, another complication, another surgery. Okay, she's doing well. Oh, not doing well. She's going on life support. Oh, she's coming off life support. She's not going to make it. Oh my God, she lived, right? And then okay, she's going on dialysis and breathalyzer. Like it was the ultimate roller coaster and just emotional tornado. And she lost her battle in June of 2014. And my entire world was shattered. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not alone in this. You know, we all have our own experiences, but many of us have had those like world shattering experiences. And the thing about it is when you're laying around and your whole world is on pieces, you can begin to look around and be like, how do I actually want to rebuild this? Mm, yep. Right. Because most of my life had been around should. Well, I should go to this college. I should play sports. I should go into education. I should be an athletic director. I should live in the suburbs. I should, I should, I should. And the thing is, is Layden wasn't supposed to die. Her case was called the catastrophe. So like she should have lived. The word should now meant nothing to me. Yeah. And as I went back Oof. to the school, Oof, yeah, that just gave me chills. Yeah, the word should means nothing, especially nothing. like putting it into perspective in that way. Yeah. So I went back to schools and it was really hard for me to care about the things that it was my job to care about. No one was wrong for being upset around playing time or buses being late or the uniforms one team got over another or who's captain, like all these like things I was dealing with all the time. You know, that was what they should care about, right? Or whatever. I couldn't, I just couldn't. And my background, I had originally studied psychology and sociology before education. And so I went back to that. I studied NLP. I studied life coaching. I got certified to teach yoga. I just felt the pull. I felt the pull. I felt the pull. And within that, my entrepreneur journey was birthed. I really started just doing yoga classes. And then people would say, Hey, do you do any mindset coaching? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then I built that business up to, you know, six figures and then joined forces with another woman who was a fitness instructor and nutrition coach. And we built our business up to six and then seven. And then I just began full-time going in, helping others build their business. So that's my journey. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I know something you said before we hopped on, and obviously you and I have talked about a lot of that stuff. You said that grief taught you 
ownership. But you said like, you know, yeah, looking at what, like my life, right? Like, and something when you said like, yeah, when all the shit gets blown up and like is in pieces, actually taking ownership and deciding with intention, okay, how do I want to put this back together? Which like can be with a catastrophic trauma situation like that. Like, I think a lot of us in the collective experience that with COVID too, like, okay, when has like everything been flipped on its head? And when has your completely, your schedule been completely cleared? Like, and all this, like, okay, then what do we want to do now? Right. And even with like the help that what you're doing, like for me in with like the work we're doing in one of my businesses or one of them right now, right. Is like, okay, break it all apart. Like look at the skeleton at the bones and how do we want to create this? And I love, yeah, I love what you said of like, it's not like that. I would imagine that that pain changes, but never goes away. Right. And like never makes it feel okay. Right. Like I'm sure come to a certain peace with it, but being able to, I doubt that ever, like not everyone I'm sure is able to find like the lesson or the beauty or what you get out of a situation like that, but like that radical ownership of your life. Yeah. I mean, I think grief was my greatest teacher for entrepreneurship. Now I invested in the business coach and I, I think you know this, but I was a hundred thousand dollars in debt, grieving, yeah. working in schools, not sure what the hell I was going to do. And it felt like the craziest decision. And it changed my life because it said like, I care about this enough to invest in it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to figure it out. But beyond the actual mechanics of building my business, the really like the intangibles, like ownership, because I had this moment in my grief journey. And this is like, you know, I'm publishing a book. Like this is what my book is about, which I declared with you a year ago that I would be publishing a book. And here we are. So cool. I know. <laughs> but I had this moment, you know, and as a bereaved mom, I had every right to be walking around in victim mode. I mean, my daughter's yeah. case was literally called a catastrophe. Right. And so explain what that means. Like, to everyone listening who may not know what that means, like to be categorized as a catastrophe. Yeah. So my daughter's case being categorized as a catastrophe meant statistically and everything that the doctor said, she wasn't supposed to die. In fact, what she died from wasn't even on her medical records until her death certificate, meaning it was completely not caught. There was actually also, I mean, to be just brutally fucking honest, there was a huge conflict between the cardiologist unit and the gastro unit and cardiology trumped gastro. Like it was like kind of this hierarchy. What she died from was gastro had nothing to do with her heart. So, you know, her, the disease. So like, yeah. So from, something should have been caught, right? Something should have been caught. And it was in the files. I mean, attorneys honestly looked at it and said, I had a partner of a firm crying said, this is medical malpractice, Ugh. but it's not the case. I can't take it but on. It's not a winnable case. It's not practice, but we won't be able to win it. <laughs> yep. He was like, as a father, I want to take this on so badly for you. And as a partner in a firm, I can't, because there's a lot of gray that they could poke holes in. And you're talking about the number one pediatric hospital in the world. But her cardiac surgeon and the attending was fired after he was let go of her hospital. Yeah. So I had a lot of right to be... <laughs> walking around angry victim mm-hmm. bullshit. And I did for a while. I did. Of course. Yeah. But I had this moment, Lauren, where I sort of got, it was like a divine download, like 
I was literally walking in downtown Boston and it was like, holy shit, you've been walking around like you were entitled to a healthy child. Like I was walking around like I was entitled to something that was completely taken from me instead of realizing I'm worthy of a healthy child. I can want one. I can be so sad that she wasn't healthy. I can be in pain, but I actually wasn't entitled to it. Fuck that shit. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah. Right. Yes. Like what a powerful breakthrough and fuck, not a fun one to come to. And I realized, or I just got goosebumps. I swear, this is my main yeah. message. Like, as a brief mom, I realized that I've been walking around like I was worthy of nothing. Like my worthiness was in the scale or the bank account or likes on Instagram or all of these other things made me worthy. Or I couldn't go after my dreams because I wasn't really worthy of that. So I was walking around like I was worthy of nothing and entitled to anything, you know, like I was just entitled, like I should just have a healthy child. And I realized I had it backwards. I'm actually entitled to nothing. It was a yeah. gift to be able to have grown and birth her and mother yeah. her for those four months. But I'm actually worthy of every fucking thing and I can go get it. Oof. Oof. Yeah. And it's such a nuanced thing because like worthy of can often, I think we can feel like that means deserving of, right? And entitled to, which is not the same thing, right? No. Powerful and not fun breakthrough, right? You know. So how has that breakthrough then like influenced, I mean, your own self-worth journey and then you since then? Yeah. So it's allowed me to do things that have really helped me in both personal relationships and in business. I am so worthy. I go for it. Like I'm fucking worthy. I'm going to go mm-hmm. for it. I know my value. I'm going to go all in. Like I'm worthy, but I'm not entitled, which means I don't get attached to outcome. Beautiful. Yes. Such a good way of breaking it down. Yeah. And that's everything in the way in which I do business. Like I go all in on my process and I go all in on this and I go all in on that. But when you do that, it actually creates the masculine energy is being put into the process. Mm. And then feminine transitions more into an attraction and a creativity and a flow and an invitation rather than an attachment or like a clenching. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. And let's actually dive more into masculine and feminine energetics in business. Cause like, I feel like you and I probably have talked about this a little bit before, and I know I've said it kind of on other podcast episodes, but like, obviously like audience knows, you know, like, and honestly, like so many female entrepreneurs too, like stuck in our masculine overachieving, overdoing, like our worth is attached to like how things look, our accomplishments, like what we can do all that. And like my big masculine feminine or my big like feminine energy healing started really like, or not started, but deepened and became embodied more in 2020, I would say. But then I swung hard 21 into like only feminine and then no, and then wounded feminine and like was scared of the masculine (laughs) and like had no, I was like, will I ever have structure again? Who knows? (laughs) Will I ever complete a project (laughs) within the deadline I set for myself? I don't know maybe. And then 2022 was like harmonizing those. And I would say, and maybe I'm going to look for a little validation in this right now. I feel like I'm in such like a good flow with the two right now that feels really good and like energizing and nourishing for both of those energies. But yeah, but that's like been a bit of my like journey with healing, integrating, harmonizing the energies just in all areas 
And it's been really fun to play with that more in business, but I would love to hear like how you see it. Like, yeah, just like talking about more of the masculine and feminine in business and how you see that show up. Like, yeah. So first, yes, you are in a beautiful harmony. Thank you. Like you can style shift, right? You style shift into what's needed for your business and also like where you energetically are, right? And how that's going to work. So I think it's beautiful. And the truth is you really need both. I see so many that are in the go, like do, 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 right? And like just all the things and then some that are so far in on the other side. And it's interesting. I talked about this recently, but I coming from Boston, it was very much like the community of entrepreneurs that I was surrounded with. It was like a grind, a grind, a grind. We're up at five. We're going, we're going, we're going, working out. We're going to go more. We're going to work out again. We're going to go more. Right. And then I get to Tulum and the the vibe of entrepreneurs here. It's like, I'm really, you know, I don't really know what my soul is going to feel like doing tomorrow. Let's just like feel into it in the morning and we'll see how we feel. And maybe we'll have that meeting and record that podcast and maybe not, you know, and you're like, how do we get anything done here? Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So what I have found in my experience is, you know, bring it back. I mean, this probably resonates with me with my daughter, but like having a business is like birthing a child, right? And in the beginning, it's going to need a lot more attention and then it gets to be more dependent, but it is a choice and we do opt into it. And so there's a level of responsibility when you choose into entrepreneurship that you're not going to wake up on any given day and be like, what do I feel like doing for my child today? What does my soul want to do to be a parent? I don't know if my soul feels like making breakfast, right? Like we're just not going to do that, right? And so when we can actually find the sacredness of the level of responsibility about my business isn't me and I'm not my business, it's actually a separate entity for me. Oh my gosh. I've been an abusive parent to my business That's too much. No, that's okay. No, that's okay. I was like, that. my business was starving a bit. Honey, oh you okay? I'm like, oh, sorry. Mommy loves you, I swear. <laughs> well, we're not taught it like this. We're really not taught it like this, right? A lot of times we pursue entrepreneurship because we want the freedom to do whatever the fuck we want. But that's something that we earn, right? Mm-hmm. And it's different phases and chapters. And it will come at different times and different points for everybody, right? But it's not something that's in the immediate transition unless you've got like a massive amount of funds that are just supporting you on it, then like, fuck, more power to you. Yeah. But what I think is really important about it is many times people define their worthiness based on how their business performs. Yes. And when you realize your, yeah, that hit. <laughs> oh yeah, obviously, right? Like, of course. <laughs> Yeah. But when you realize you're not your business, you're responsible to it. You also realize that your business isn't a mirror of who you be because you are not your business and your business is not you. Well, but yes, I agree. You are not your business. And that's actually something like a few months ago, I wrote in my, like, I have a whole running like reels and post ideas, like content ideas note. And like, sometimes something will hit and I like throw it in there. And that was one of the breakthroughs I was going through. I haven't even like made a post about it. it was like, I am not my business, right? Which is true, right? Like your business does not equal you. It's not your worth. It's not your identity, all that kind of stuff, which for me was very supportive in taking a lot of the guilt, shame, self beat up out of it. And also taking a lot of the emotional shit out of it that wasn't serving me, like people pleasing stuff, like all this kind of stuff. I mean, like, wait a second, like, and, and also giving me the permission if I wanted 
to be done with it, right? Like not feeling like, oh, if I end this business and close this business or sell this business or whatever, like that's not a failure, right? Like I'm not failing if that happens. Like I don't suck if that happens. So I agree that like, yeah, absolutely. You are not your business. Having a healthy separation there is so fucking important. And the, what you said, like your business is not a reflection of who you be. I would say yes, but also yes, it's very much is right. But it, but it's the order of it, right? It's not your business is who you be. It's who you be shows up in how your business is happening. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know that you're like the BGM master. Yeah. Hey, new course. We just dropped it. When this episode's come out, it will be out, you know, but link in bio, (laughs) right? Exactly. Go get my shit. But that, and now I just got distracted with the hype squad. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What, what was I going to say? Oh, but that was one of my biggest breakthroughs coming into the end of the year was being like, oh fuck. Like my trauma bond stuff is so showing up in my business. And I think you and I talked about this, right? Like, oh, I'm in a trauma bond relationship with my business. Okay. Got it. Right. And that's not my business creating the trauma for me and shaping who I am. It was my stuff and who I was being and therefore how I was taking action. That was so clearly mirrored in my business. Yeah. So yeah. So your business can be such a mirror, right? Like a ripple of you, a mirror of you. Yes. And especially if you're in like coaching or consulting space, look, people are attracted to energy. And so who you be will impact your business, right? Performance mm-hmm. of your business. Because like, look, I don't think a relationship coach can only coach when their relationship is going well, right? They can know the mechanics of relationships, but they're also going to have inevitable ups and downs. I don't think that a business coach can only coach business when they're doing hundred K months. Like exactly. Not at all. It's what works. Right. Yeah. And so much of the time too, like why I coach. So like in my coaching business, not PR agency, but why I coach so much on self-worth authenticity, ending people pleasing, like masculine, feminine energetics is because that stuff has been some of the most challenging shit for me. Right. And that's why I've gone so deep into it for myself and know it so well is because I've like not had to, but I chose to, I was like, Oh, cause those were my like recurring things and still get to be in a lot of ways. Right. No. And so I know I like totally detoured. It's so, mean, I don't even know what the original question we was. Were in the masculine it doesn't feminine. matter. It doesn't matter. Just go, okay. just go with it. But in your business, like, yes, it isn't like who you be is going to, you're going to bring that in there, right? Same thing like who we be when we're parents, we bring into like the things that my parents lived through and we're working through came into my orbit, right? It's not right or wrong. It just is, right? Yeah. So I just think it's important to revisit that. But the dance of the masculine and feminine in business is so beautiful because through the masculine framework and structure, through having data and KPIs and systems and processes that we attach to that. We can create the space for the flow. It's like mm. bumpers on like a pool, like yes. a no, bowling. <laughs> on a pool. No, on a bowling yeah. alley, whatever. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I need bumpers in the pool. I can't swim very well. <laughs> I need bumpers in the pool. Check me from the wall. Yeah, absolutely. The masculine creates the safety, the container, the structure for the feminine to be wild and free, not just in relationship dynamics, not just in your own energetic dynamics, but also in your business, right? The masculine consistency, linear structure, logic, all that stuff, like 
that creates like consistency. I literally just said it, right? That creates consistency and like predictability, which like sound boring, but like the predictability and consistency to me are like so sexy right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, no, dirty talk. And if you think about the journey of entrepreneurship on any given day, for anyone listening who's, you know, run a business or running one currently, like you can get up one day and be like, I'm fucking crushing it. And then by lunch, you're like, I quit. I'm done. I'm out. Peace. Right. Welcome to being an entrepreneur where if you don't want to burn your business down at least once a week, you're (laughs) probably not doing enough in some way. Right. I hope. (laughs) Yes. Normalize my experience. (laughs) (laughs) But if we make decisions for our business in that emotional roller coaster, when we're like riding and feeling all the waves, we're making a decision from emotion, not from data and mm-hmm. we're disservicing ourselves and our business. So yeah, it's like having the data to come back to, to make decisions from is everything. Yes, 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 yes. And to acknowledge you a bit right now. Anyway, I was like in a tangent on the tangent, but to acknowledge you right now, right? Like I've shared episodes, my audience knows, like I had a tough 2022 and so much hit the fan in my last week of the year. And as I've told you guys listening, right? Like I was like, yeah. And like, yes, I would have survived it without having a coach, but I'm so fucking happy I did because it made that experience so much different and likely better, right? Than it would have without having somebody able to like look in objectively support all that kind of stuff. Hi, this is the coach. This is here. This is her. This is her right now. You're hearing her. (laughs) Like I'm like, and and something that you've said to me so much, because I tend to not be very patient and things like that is like, like I've probably said many times to you, like, all right, nothing different is happening. What's going on here? And you're like, it's been a week. And I'm like, thank you for the reminder. And then we'll do it again a week later. I'm like, all right, I keep doing the things I've done, blah, 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 right? Like all these things. What the fuck, man? And you're like, okay, still you trust me? And I'm like, okay, if you say so, I will. <laughs> like, And so all that to say, you guys, like, and something that you've been so has been game changer for me is yeah. Looking at the data, putting one foot in front of the other, being consistent and not like when I'm in that place of being like, well, fuck it. It's not working. Try something new. Most of the time, y'all, it's not about trying a new strategy or a new system. It's about being consistent with the one and actually giving it time. Like, I'm sorry, but 30 days is quick to see results. And like, so me after like a week of doing some new habit or something or two weeks and being like, this isn't working, (laughs) right? Like, at least give it 30 days, give it 90 days, like really 90 days, I would say is the sweet spot of like consistent new shit. And like, we are seeing new shit come in, like literally all the time from the stuff that Melissa has been like, well, just trust me and keep doing it. I'm like, okay, but I'm not enjoying it. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I love you so much. I love our ability to laugh because yeah, I do the same thing with you know, with myself. And this is why having coaches, but I have coaches, like, you know, having people to pull us out of like when we're stomping our feet, but to your point, like, yeah, it takes time. And also your process. I mean, you've built so much that like you've managed to build like skyscrapers. We're just going back and cleaning up the foundation of a lot of the back end stuff. Right. 
And like that does take time. And so just honoring and acknowledging though how much you have built off of the talent that you have cultivated, the skills that you've cultivated and just who you be for people, you know? Well, thank you for that. Yeah. But yeah, like speaking to like the power of support, the power of different perspective, consistency, all that kind of stuff. I would love for you to share like, what is your like superpower with business stuff? Because like, I've gotten to obviously experience it firsthand. And I think like, you know, we just talked about the masculine and the feminine and everything like that. I think you do such a beautiful job of the very masculine things. Like even when you're like KPIs and this kind of stuff, I'm like, you know, and like the number of times you've asked me like, okay, well, like what's your like sales process rate and like percentages and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. And you're like, okay. (laughs) I need that fucking information, Lauren. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, so good with the masculine stuff, the structure, the systems, the consistency, the habits, the proactive things, all of that. But then you also really deeply understand the energetics, the mindset, the like creativity, all, and then the magic that can then play with it. So I'd love for you to kind of explain what your biz and coaching superpowers are. Mm, I love that. I think, you know, I do think I really have done I'm really in tune with where I get to flex into the masculine and feminine. And many times when I am coaching, I get to hold the masculine more because I'm bringing in these systems and these processes, right? Which I'll tell you then in my personal life, I'm like, I'm not making a single fucking decision. Okay. So for this whole weekend, you people here, you just tell me where we're going, right? Pick up my clothes, my food, right? I don't want to do anything. So you know, I do flex heavier in that, you know, either running my business or with my team or helping other people look at theirs. My favorite is the feminine, like the creativity, the writing, the energetics. But I think my superpower is my ability to identify the holes in a business, whereas most people look to pour in more. And I know you and I talk about this, but if we were to envision like a bowl of like somebody's business and we have it, it's full of water right? People are usually looking to just pour more in, pour more in, pour more in. But what they're not seeing is that their bowl is actually like a pasta strainer. And there's just so much where it's leaking out of. Yeah. So I think that's my superpower. And that's why I like to look at the numbers because I can't tell you how many people are like, I need more leads. I need more leads. Like I literally can't count, but we look at the holes or the gap and the holes or the gap are either in, you know, forgotten about conversations or getting somebody on a call or the show up rate for the call or the closing rate on the call or the follow-up after the call. And it's in all those things that the holes can exist. And so if you have a hole in there and you just pour in more and more water, they're still going to leak out of the holes that are there. And I'm going to speak from experience too, like, cause I'm like, I need more leads and I need, you know, and yes. And like, you know, real talk, we are it's January 19th right now when we're recording this. And so like this month, a lot of the focus is on the sales process and stuff like that for my business and the work I'm doing with Melissa's support. And it hasn't necessarily been about new leads, right? Like exactly. Like, and something that I've realized with working with you, it's like, oh no, it's actually like, there's so much opportunity already without doing a single other thing, but we're missing and losing so much possibility because of like how it's happened. And I think too, like something important too, for people listening is that not to, because it can be easy, especially with me. Like I've had my business for several years. It can be very easy for me to beat myself up for how I've run it up until this point. 
right? And mm. been like, well, fuck, I could have made X more money or I could have this, I would have been so much further along if I'd only been, right? Like all these things. And it's like, okay, yeah, maybe that's true. And you didn't. So like, let that go. And like, great. Like how cool that there's so much opportunity available right now. Yeah. And also, can we change the narrative on that? Like, holy shit, look what you fucking created without having that dialed in. <laughs> right? Fine medicine to your pants for a lot of it. Right? Because you're right? that good. Oh, like you. that's my interpretation. Like, holy Hire fuck. me, everybody. No. Yeah. No, but seriously. And I think something that, you know, we are, I mean, you have a lot of people you've created relationships with who like what you're doing. And of course they do. Guys, everyone go hire on Lauren, right? But like, <laughs> And I'm like, you know, hire Melissa, hire us. <laughs> <laughs> Joint offer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, you know, I think looking at, well, how are we utilizing all the resources that you have and the relationships you've built and like that and like inviting those people to work with you who might not even know how they can work with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Which question do I want to go with first? You know what? Actually, this is the next one that's on the list. And it, I think it'll be a fun, juicy one. What are some, I have written down, like, what are myths about like, you know, in the coaching or entrepreneurship space, but actually we're going to like, make it a little bit spicier. Like what is some like bullshit that's like flying oh. around in the coaching and entrepreneurship space that like gives you the ick or just is like, you're fed up with it. I mean, things that give me the ick is the focusing on followers. Like fucking followers and listeners are two different things. I don't give a fuck how many followers you have. Yeah. Who's listening? Yeah. Who's listening? Right? Yeah. Because like full transparency, I have like 30,000 something followers on Instagram. My business is not at a million dollars. I have friends who have like 5,000 followers on Instagram. They have multi-million dollar businesses, right? So like just some perspective there. Like it does not matter how big the audience is. It's like, okay, who is in the audience and which ones are actually paying attention and wanting to buy the shit that you're doing. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've less than 5,000 followers. Right. And I've built a lot of businesses, right. Like a lot and it's okay, but it's such like a thing that we get lost in. And I almost got swept up in it. Like I had a coach who coached me to buy followers. So I looked more credible and Mm -hmm. I didn't do it. And I'm really glad that I didn't, I was really tempted. I was really, I was new on my journey, right? And that was like who I was trusting to guide me. But I think that is like something I really, like, I just can't stand it, you know? Just this focus on more. I mean, to the point, like, how many people do you want to work with? Like, do you want to work with fucking 40,000, 50,000 people? Like, no. Like, yes, in passive evergreen offers, but no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but otherwise, no. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, I think that's one that like, really gets to me. And I see a lot of people get lost in, you know, yeah. go ahead. I think there's so much around the old school sales script feel mm-hmm. that ruined kind of the online industry for people with like authenticity and integrity. If I connect with someone and I'm like, Hey, how are you? Like, I literally am in my feminine of connection and detachment. I'm not going to like, remember if you write back or not. And if you do like, cool. If you do, and we have a conversation going, like I've hired people from my own outreach in my DMs. Oh, you do human design. Amazing. I wanted a reading. What can I schedule with you? Right. But this old school thing that like, if anyone's high, that like they want, they're trying to get your money kills me because 
that is not the truth, but I understand how it's the perception because that is plaguing the industry out there in so many yes. ways. So people fucking ruining yes. it. And like to add on that too, is like one, having a like past with network marketing, right? Like you did a lot of that kind of shit, like, Hey girl, you know, those like slide into yeah. the DMS and like, get ready to pitch them at any sort of thing, you know, which like, you know, it's an important skill to learn. Absolutely. But I think, yeah, there has been a lot that has tainted that. And even where there's the, this trend and a lot of people where it's working well for them of like, I only magnetize. I will never reach out to anyone directly, which I'm like, Hey, if that's like working for you, fucking amazing. I'm a little jealous of that, but also this message that if you're doing that, you're doing something wrong, right? Like there's this message that, okay, if you're doing outbound sales, if you will, or outbound messages in a sense, then you're not doing something right. Then there's something wrong with your energy and your mindset. If you're not just manifesting clients flying into your DMS at all moments. Right. Yeah. And with that too, like you've encouraged me and held me to, it like kept me accountable with like doing outbound messages. And well, yes, for a lot of that, there is the intention of, okay, let's see what kind of business we can get through this. Of course there is. I'm not going to fucking lie and say there isn't that intention there, but also the approaching it with detachment for sure, without assumptions, of course. And Also the reminder that like, you never know what's going to come. So even with that, like outbound messages too, it's like two weeks there, maybe three weeks. I don't even remember. I was messaging 20 people a day, 20 people a day. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm really proud of that because I hadn't done like outbound sales type stuff for probably over a year, real talk. (laughs) And, And like somehow like my business still runs like decently well, actually, you know? And so I was in this cycle of it and yeah, sometimes it was annoying, frustrating. I definitely didn't want to do it, all that kind of stuff. And there were moments where I was like, yeah, well, this person like would not be a fit for anything I do. What the fuck is the point? Like, and so I would want to not count. I would either want to only reach out to people that I thought could potentially do something for me, with me in a business capacity. But then I would avoid connecting with people who I didn't feel like if I was like, oh, well, they wouldn't want to work with me or they wouldn't be a good fit or like, I don't know who they would know. Like I would almost avoid them because I would feel like it wouldn't count. Right. I feel like the rules of out, like, like I wasn't following the rules of outreach. And then I was like, fuck it. Like sometimes I was just like, I just want to get these 20 outreaches over and I'm not going to lie about it. So like, who fucking cares if this person is a rando that's never going to do anything with me. I'm still adding them to my list and I'm reaching out to them. But the point with that is there have been so many just beautiful conversations that have come out of that, that may go nowhere aside from rekindling that connection, like connecting with somebody that I've genuinely cared about and care about and have had a connection within the past. And just like hearing how their life is going has like brought me so much fulfillment and like warmed my heart in many ways. And like has mirrored, been mirrored back to me by them. Like, oh my gosh, it's so good to hear from you sort of thing, right? So like, that's been so important to me. And then there've been a lot of ones where I, like of those people where I'm like, well, what's the point of reaching out to this person? Like that have actually led to shit, right? Or they're like, yeah. then they start asking me for tips and advice. I'm like, oh, yep, well, this is right. You know, like <laughs> all that. But I also have noticed, which is super interesting, like people who have been interested in like programs in the past or something like who have reached out to me expressing interest. And then for whatever reason, didn't buy or anything. And I've like gone back to them for past offers and stuff. And they like, maybe don't respond. And then I did my like, you know what? I'm just going to check in with detachment and genuinely see how they're doing. 
who will read the message and then never reply. And I'm like, I know, cause they think they're going to, if they reply or engage, they're afraid to be sold something. And I'm like, well, yeah. Cause I've like gone in with a cell in the past, obviously. And that's how you, you know, initiated the connection was asking me about my program or whatever it is. And so like, sometimes I just want to be like, Hey, like I'm actually just asking, you know, like it's not yeah. like a bait and switch, like sell coming. Like I'm actually asking, right. Like, yeah. yeah. So I've noticed that too, of like people being like, I'm like, Oh, they're not going to reply. They're not replying. Like they read it and they're not going to reply to me like ever again, but they'll still watch every single one of my stories. And I'll- <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I love that. You get unsubscribed from the email and they're watching all your stories. And I'm like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. But- Thank you for sharing all of that. I think when we begin to let go of the old stories around it of like, you know, use car salesman or whatever, like, and see the sacredness of an energetic exchange when someone says, okay, I want you to get me there. And you're like, okay, I'm going to get you there. Mm -hmm. Like it is a whole creative dance and we lose the sacredness of it because we get so attached to old stories and that, that kills me about the industry, but I really think it's consistency. Like, you know, just keeping connections with like, I remember this one woman in Instagram DMs who I met an event I was speaking at. And like, I never, I was like, hey, checking in, how you doing? You know, and I could feel the wall and it was like, okay, we're not going there. But I'd still be like, hey, love what you're putting out there. Like, how you doing? Finally, after nine months, she was like, okay, I just need to join. And I was like, okay. I never had even said a word to her about it. And then she referred six people in. So my decision, and this was a group program, but my decision to just keep consistent ended up yielding without me being attached to it, $54,000 in revenue. Yeah. No, more than that. Yeah. Like 60. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, and then on another hand, I always say one of the biggest, and I can go off forever on this, but I'll just, I'll share this one. One of the biggest myths I see are when people come in and they think they're just going to make one post. That's like, Hey, I'm doing this. <laughs> and like their inbox is going to be flooded with DMs. Like, I want to hire you. I want to hire you. Like, I want to hire you does come and the attraction, but it comes with consistency over time. You are on people's radar and you are their go-to thought for when they need that. Yes. And like spoiler alert too, like a lot of the people who are like, oh, I just attract and like, and I like, you know, I just, this magnetism and stuff, which is a true, like that is real, but Mm -hmm. also the pure attraction. Yeah. It comes with consistency and intention and action, right? And the masculine being a part of it, right? I'm just only going to be in my feminine and only receive, right? That's not how it freaking happens. And these people, because I know many people who are, their businesses are running that way. And I'm like, so excited for them where it is just like, here's an offer. And people fucking are like slide, like flying into the DMs about it. And they don't like proactively reach out and stuff. Like I'm so proud of my friends whose businesses are running that way. And I know what their business looked like two years ago. Right. Right. And I know that they did the like lots of outbound stuff as well. And what I know to be true about how they're running their business now also is they are doing consistent connection and stuff like that. They're really nurturing those relationships, even if it's not a super obvious sales conversation. And even if they're not going into it with the intention of a sell or a sales conversation, they're very aware of maintaining the relationships with the people who potentially want to buy from them. Like, that's not like, I think there's a message, like this idea that's not happening. I'm like, trust me, these people are in their fucking DMs 
all the time, nurturing their audience and their connections and stuff like that. Trust me. And so that's why they get people flying into the DMs asking for a link is because they're maintaining those really intimate relationships and that consistency, right? It may not, they may not call it like outbound sales and they may not ask for a sale in any way or invite into an offer, but they're absolutely top of mind for those people when the offer drops. 100%, yeah. And I think that's what it is. It's just like, how are you staying on somebody's like radar, right? Just staying on the radar. You don't have to be like in their face, but how are you staying on someone's radar? So when that day happens where they are ready to take action, you're the person they go to. Yeah. And I even had somebody who used to be involved in network marketing business, like on my network marketing team, I didn't enroll them, but they were part of my like, you know, downline and stuff like that. And reached out to this person and just to be like, Hey, like, how are you? Like happy new year, all this kind of stuff and responded. And then asked me like, Hey, why did you reach out? Like, was there a specific reason? And yes, it was part of my like 20 outreaches a day, but real talk, that person, I wasn't even thinking like would be a fit for anything or interested in anything. Right. I was just like, no, we're doing this with detachment. So like my response to this person was honestly, I'm like, I've seen your journey in the past like couple of years. And I know that you've gone through some really tough stuff and like, it's been really inspiring and I haven't reached out or connected with you in a long time. So I just wanted to say hi and like, that's it, you know? And they were very, very like, yeah, grateful for that. And then this person like DM'd me about a post that I had made and was like, Hey, this really resonated with me. Like, how did you take more steps into this healing journey or this or this or that? And Mm -hmm. I still don't have any expectation of this, like being like a sales conversation or business conversation, but I'm like, how beautiful that maybe because we've messaged a little, the algorithm fed this person, my post that is supporting them in some way and has resonated with them in some way. And now they feel comfortable to ask me about it. And I can offer some insight that supports them. Like, I don't need them to be a client. That's not what I'm after. Nothing like that. But I'm like, wow, like even if that like adds value to their life, like how fucking beautiful is that? Yep. That's what I mean is like, can we bring the sacredness back to yes. the connection and expansion that's available through it? Because it's yeah. the story we assign to it and the attention we come from. Right. And we'll bring that intention of detachment and connection and curiosity and that beautiful feminine. And we bring in the masculine consistency and process. Yes. And something that I've talked to you about, and I've talked about it a bit on podcasts recently is like at the very end of the year, I came to the realization like, oh, I've been in a trauma bond with my business. Like it looks different. It's better. We've healed a lot. So it looks different, you know, and the like baseline is very different, but I'm like, oh, but there's still a lot of like trauma bond patterns going on where I would get to like this place of scarcity in order to be motivated to make big moves or to bring in big money. I'd have to make Mm -hmm. myself really fucking uncomfortable, you know, which then because I would do that, I'd go like, okay, go all in because I'm panicking. Right. And then create a bunch of big results. And then I'd fucking let the foot off the gas pedal for a while and just fucking coast. Right. And not to say you need to be like, again, the point isn't to be in full court press all the time, but if you're consistent, you don't have to be in full court press all the time. Right. And so I was like noticing I was in this like beast famine cycle with my business And so of course, when I would send outreach messages or sit down to do outreach, it would feel weird and feel unnatural because I was coming at it from a place of like panic and necessity, right? 
And now like being like, Oh, like, yeah, the consistent masculine, like outreach, right. The consistency of that allows the connection to live in the feminine space of true connection and being in the heart, ah, breakthroughs on breakthroughs. Oh, and it's so good. And like, man, I, I want to be a stand to change the way that the industry is operating and that possibility. And like just freaking one conversation at a time and we get to do that because yeah. it doesn't have to be because we rob ourselves of so many experiences if we don't connect mm-hmm. and we rob other people of experiences if we don't connect Yeah, because it is only through connecting that we truly expand. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. So Last year, you closed one of your businesses. Yeah. I'm like, where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> You're like, uh, ah. yeah. I'm like, a lot happened last year. And like <laughs> this year launched a new one. Yeah. And obviously like I got like, see that process very intimately with you, yeah. like, which was, you know, a, a privilege to be able to like, see all that going on and to be like a part of that journey. What were some of the like biggest lessons coming out of that for you? Like the ending coming out of, of like, the shifting of my business partnership, my previous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, honestly, it's grief. Like mm-hmm. I will forever cherish that chapter. And I think one of the lessons was really allowing the unattachment, like allowing it to be a chapter and recognizing when something has served the purpose it's intended to serve. And to release it and let it go when it's no longer there, Mm. right? And we can get so attached to, well, I've put in this much time, or I've put in this much effort, or we've come this far, or on paper, everything works, or we check the boxes, right? Or people love us as a partnership and all of these things, right? We can get really attached to. And I think it was really, truly focusing on, okay, but what's in each individual's highest alignment right now? Because where we started and where we are now as individuals is very different. And so naturally as partners, it's going to be different too. And what we're feeling called to, that was huge. I mean, I think trusting myself, like it took an unexplainable amount of self-trust to disrupt something that like looked and was functioning well, like it wasn't, it didn't quote unquote look sick, but I knew it wasn't me at my highest anymore. And it wasn't how I wanted to be like the way in which I wanted to work had really changed. I actually wanted to be much more in my feminine. So self-trust for sure. Hmm. I mean, you saw, I don't know if there's anything that you saw. (laughs) I mean, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, of course. And it's so like, there's a really cool, I guess, lots of like weak adjective for it. I don't know. But like, as you were navigating so much of that, like, right. Like there were, you know, many sashimi moments where you were like raw and like, yeah, massive. Like it was a very challenging, very, you know, like big crying zooms or FaceTimes. Right. And then to be like, oh, like, and then you got to like, hold my hand through that kind of stuff. Like just in the last like month or two. Right. I was like, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And there's so many lessons in all of it. And here we are getting to like co-share in different ways and like be a mirror for each other in these, which is so beautiful. But I think my encouragement would be for anyone listening, because this theme actually came up in the beginning of the podcast, Lauren, and you maybe just subconsciously brought it back. I'm a very good interviewer. (laughs) I'm taking notes. Is that 
many times we miss the lessons in grief or trauma or adversity because we're so in the pain. And I would just encourage anybody to have the support because if we're going to go through it, because we're going to go through it, let's not miss the lesson. Yeah. Because you know, we're going to go through the pain, right? Whether it's a breakup or a loss or a challenge or whatever it is, like we're going through it. Like it's fucking there. But can we at least not miss the lesson that is there for us to learn? Yeah. Yeah. Because the shitty thing is like, if you miss the lesson, then you're just going to get to do it over again in a new way. <laughs> you know? Right. Like you're not even getting the ROI on what you just went through. Like you're exactly. not get the little ROI, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. What's your word if you do that for 2023? Like what's the focus or the intention? It's really funny. I didn't have like a clear word, but what I declared was rocket ship. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I think the way that I feel is like last year felt like tectonic plates, like, you know, like tectonic plates, whatever. I felt like they were like yes. breaking and cracking. I think I said this to you when I was going through my process. Like I felt like everything in me was like fucking up against each other. People can't see my hands right now, but they're going like crazy and like breaking. And it was from that breaking because a lot broke because, you know, yeah. in terms of what we were speaking into before, like choosing to leave a business partnership that was a beautiful relationship, friendship, and wildly successful business with a team was one of the scariest things I've ever done. Yeah. Because like, ending a business relationship is a divorce in a sense. And all of those things are like deaths, right? Like, and, and not to minimize like when someone actually does die, but even when I was going through my divorce and stuff, like a lot of the healing and like looking into that and all that, it's like, oh no, this like has similar effects on people as someone dying. Right. And like, when you end a business partnership like that, like it's a whole new thing that gets layer of grief, a whole new grief process, all that. Well, yeah. And then it's also like, whose side are the kids on? Right. <laughs> yeah. Where's everyone going? The kids is the team, the clients, the email yeah. list, right? Like where are the kids going to go? I don't know. They get to choose. Right. Yeah. And also like balancing that element of privacy and all of that with also like, okay, we can't not talk about the elephant yeah. in the room. Like I had a mentor say to me once, nobody ever looked in that room and said, wow, the elephant really ties it together nicely. <laughs> Right. Like we couldn't not like completely not talk about it, but that was really hard. And, but I oh, remember it ties it in nicely. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I want to get like some sort of elephant home decor, just to, like have that yeah. as a conversational fun topic. Yeah. Anyway. Well, as I was saying, 2022 was like the disruptor. Right. Yeah. And I declared it up to you, I was like, I'm going to restart my podcast. I'm going to write my book. I'm going to be in a relationship. Right. Like, these are the things I'm calling in and I wanted to do more mindset work with my business. And we got like three out of the four, right? Yeah. Well, I will say with the relationship one, you did start dating again. You like got, you started going on dates and shit. So like, yeah, like maybe it wasn't an A plus, like it didn't like, you know, you still jumped into that one. Oh, I've been dating. Yeah. yeah. I know. I need like an update on that anyway. Offline. But yeah, this is the year of the rocket ship where all of the stuff was broken up. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this. You go through something that breaks everything fucking down as you know it, deconstructs it, so then you can take off. Yes. And actually the interview I had right before this, which I don't know exactly where like the timing of episodes coming out will be, but it's an episode with my friend Aisha Marshall. And 
we were talking about how like 2022, I mean, she has a podcast called butterfly season. Right. And for so many people, 2022 was cocoon season. Right. And so similarly with you, like, Oh, the disruptor, like breaking stuff down, like all of that so that we can enter rocket ship season, butterfly season, whatever. Like, and this has been such a collective theme I've heard from so many people too. Like, yeah. yeah. Curled on a ball on the ground, shaking, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Literally texting yeah. me like I'm sushi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. One another thing that we briefly touched on or brought up before we hit record was or is sexual transmutation and like Ooh. accessing sacral chakra energy, which obviously like the audience, I mean, you know, like that's like so much my fucking jam and stuff like that. And like, and I don't know that you and I have ever really talked about this stuff that much. So take it away. Oh, so it's something that's been coming up a lot more for me lately, especially with a lot of women asking about it. But for me, when I went to Peru, which was right before I met you, part of the practice and what we were doing required like celibacy and even refraining from any orgasm before we went to be able to receive the plants. And no. For how long? Well, everyone made it different times. The suggested was 30 days. <laughs> Not all of us did 30, but hey, that was the suggested. <laughs> Not all of us did 30. Not going <laughs> to say any names. <laughs> oh. So but I actually discovered I could literally feel the churning of my sacral chakra energy as I was in Peru and doing this work and quiet and in my feminine mm. and not letting energy literally out of my container. What did that feel like when you say like felt sacral chakra energy churning? Like, what did that feel like for you? Like, it feels almost like a glow and like a swirling, like in like the womb, like, Mm -hmm. like it feels like a swirling in the womb, which I will tell you is really fucking weird because I've been saying this now for like a year, like that I've been experiencing that since Peru. And at more and more higher levels since then. But I got a voice note from somebody the other day who told me, I just have to let you know, you were in my meditation this morning. You can ask Brad because he was listening to it because it was like one of our like clients or potential clients. Uh, You're my meditation this morning. And I just had this image of energy like churning in your womb. And I was like, that's what I've been saying. (laughs) So sexual transmutation, great environment for that. Yeah. I mean, like literally I have a whole program on sexual energy, sacral chakra stuff, like all that kind of stuff. And like, that's our sacral chakra is our creation center, right? Like that's where the womb space is. Like that's the hub of creativity and like magnetism, right? Like that's like, we literally like bring shit from other dimensions and then like they come through that space into the fucking world right like so magnetic and like oh so how wild yeah like yeah so Peru started that and then I began studying it and even my coach and I would talk about it and we would talk about like how that worked and being very intentional about how what energy was allowed in my sphere right And when I wanted to hold it and fully retain it and use it for me, like think of it like your weapon, ladies, like it's like your freaking weapon to attract Mm -hmm. and magnetize and create. And so being in a phase for me right now where it's like 
I'm holding on to this. You know what I mean? Like this like gets to source my growth right now, right? In this particular phase. And it's been a really interesting thing. I think on a less intense level, something that I do that really supports my creativity is just silence and not speaking out loud for as long as I can when I get up in the morning or before bed at night. And those little tweaks really help me too. Which I love that. And like vocal cords, like voice, all that kind of stuff, throat chakra. I'm like voice chakra. What am I like? What's the word throat chakra, right? And sacral chakra are very, very, very connected. Right. And like using your voice and like sexuality, sexual expression, very, very connected, obviously. Right. But if you look like anatomically at like female reproductive stuff, there are so, and like throat anatomy, like, yep they look very, very similar. So it makes sense that to like harness, cultivate, like amplify, <laughs> amplify, hi. Hello, welcome to the show. More <laughs> of that magnetic sexual energy to be like practice more silence and stuff like that will absolutely cultivate more of it. That's so cool. <laughs> I actually had not thought of it that way as far as like silence time to cultivate your sexual yeah. energy and like that kind of magnetic energy, because normally I think about it as like, no, use your voice to cultivate it, which is a way to as well. Then also like if you're haphazardly using your voice, right. And not yeah. doing it with intention, that's leaky too. Right. Yeah. Or if you're using it for other people's energetic exchange, right. Like you're leaving essentially your sphere, like your energy is like leaving. And so that's something I really try and do is like, not speak out loud for however long I can in the morning. And usually once a month, I'll try and shut down Friday after my last call and not speak in the entire Friday night and then go to sleep and then not speak for the first few hours I get up on Saturday. Yeah. Try that. Some days I only talk to myself and my dog, but like, even then like, okay. Yeah. All right. I like this. I like this. Yeah. All right, we are just coming on to time here. Like, I feel like that flew by. That was already like 90 minutes. Like, my goodness. Okay, like one, where can everyone find you? And like, how that can they work with you if they feel so inclined? Like all that good stuff. Oh, you can find me on Instagram, Melissa Dudalecki. Not the easiest last name. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, sound it out. Handle. <laughs> yeah, it'll be in the show notes, all that kind of stuff. It'll be in the show notes, but it's Melissa and then D-L-U-G-O-L-E-C-K-I. You can just shoot me a DM. I work with people both one-on-one and in group settings, supporting them in growing their business, balancing the masculine and feminine. And me, especially if you're one-on-one, flexing into what version of me you need to be. And then, you know, in group, really supporting you and finding the balance of the two as well. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And y'all listening, like I know I talk about the importance of coaching, mentorship, support, whatever. And I'm not saying that you always have to be working with a coach in order to get get your to your next level. I don't believe that, nor do I think you always have to be in some program or something like that. And I think that something, right? Like being plugged into something outside of yourself is like, I highly advocate for that, whether it is a new certification you want to get to expand your knowledge, like a networking thing, working with a coach in a mastermind or something, right? A membership, like something that isn't just you, like highly, highly recommend. And like, this is who I've chosen for my, this current season as like part of my 
like, you know, support system and expansion team, if you will. So yeah, so I cannot recommend Melissa highly enough for like fucking, yeah, all the things like so much business optimization, growth, all of that. And of course, right. Because entrepreneurship is like the most gnarly personal development journey you will ever go on. Like, of course, then having the support for the non-business stuff too, as you're doing it, like it's been uh, beautiful. So, Mm -hmm. so thank you. So yeah, y'all check her out. Okay. The last thing we're going to say exactly on time, we'll probably go like one minute over is so that obviously this show is called Amplify. It's all about supporting people in owning their truth, using their voice, like living the most aligned, authentic, abundant, and like fulfilling life possible. So what's like parting word of wisdom, a quote you love, action, like just something, some like final, like mic drop thing to leave the audience with to like, just live more amplified and more like themselves. This is what just came through. So I'm going to go with it, do it. But you know, having spent most of my life really afraid of judgment um, and being in a public role that was very scrutinized. Something that got me through a lot of those times was no one ahead of you is judging you. Like no one ahead of you is judging you. And if they are, they're not ahead of you. Oh yeah, that's a good one. So like use that voice and take up space because anyone, like I see someone using that voice and taking up space. And even if they're kind of stumbling and struggling, I'm just fucking cheering them on. Yeah. Like no one had to do is judging you. Yeah. And if someone's judging you, they are just not ahead of you. Beautiful. And that was perfect timing because my headphones literally just died. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode and if you know of somebody else who is bold, successful, and unapologetically owning their unique magic while they make a big impact in the world, please send them my way. And it would also mean the world to me if you help me get this message out to as many listeners as possible. So if you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you would please take 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating, write a quick review, and share this episode with your friends. Be sure to tag me so that I can say thank you. And until the next episode, keep showing up, keep using your voice, and keep being you because the world needs more of your magic.